The opinions expressed on the ACB Media Network are those of the content providers and should not be viewed as an endorsement of any product or service. Nor does it reflect the views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. The following program contains topics particular to the LGBTQ plus community. Some discussions may contain mature themes. As such, listener discretion is advised. This is Pride Connection, sponsored by BlindLGBTPride.org, otherwise known as BPI, every Tuesday night at 10 p.m. on ACB Media One, and shortly after on all your major podcast catchers. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Pride Connection. I am one of your hosts, Anthony Corona. And as always, I am here with the ultra fabulous Bryn Lee. Say hey, Bryn. Hey, Bryn. <laughs> so I know last week was a little difficult. Tell me this week you're walking with a little bit more bounce in your um, steps. Oh, my gosh. OK, well, we will we will keep it short and sweet because um I have so many questions to ask the board tonight, but uh, yeah. I had my I had my mixer die, and so um, I don't have as many sound effects as before. I, I I do still have. Oh, that was a. Thank you, thank you, thank you very much. See, I have that, and I have. <laughs> I have some things at my disposal, you know, not as fancy as before. But my board died, my purse got stolen, my basement flooded. And I've been having issues with insurance at my new job. So it's been a crappy week, uh, but it's a new week now. And so we are turning things around and starting over. So we're just not we're just not going to acknowledge any of that. We're not going to acknowledge any of that. I will say, however, that I just saw my doctor and uh, they're giving me my uh, medications that I that I take an increase. And that makes me happy. So, uh, yay. All right, I'm going to pull a dance spoon real quick and say that deserves a quick little hip hip hooray. Come on, everybody. Hip hip. Hooray. 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 Where's the applause track? We need the applause track. <laughs> oh, oh, hold on a minute. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I love how it just stops suddenly. You know, it's not a it's not a fade. No, out. it's, it's just a pitch. All right. Well, That's Anthony, why don't you take the reins from this show before it gets before it goes absolutely off the rails? Absolutely. We have a fabulous show ahead. We're going to be speaking with some of the new members of the blind LGBTQ pride board of directors. But before we do that, we always have a great, if not sometimes, so maybe a little bit long in the truth message from our president, Mr. Gabriel Lopez Cafati. Welcome to Pride Connection, Gabriel. Whoa, 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 whoa. Slow down. Slow down. What's the date today? Uh, um, um, it's in February. Ma Ma yeah, Madam I President. I'm sorry, <laughs> Madam President. I'm sorry. I, I thought I thought after I know I was uh hibernating until after January first, but it is post January first <laughs> right now. And I mean this program is only an hour long, right? Uh, 
right, so then I will do this one more time. Tim, we're not editing this out. This is a gag for our listeners who are here every other week with us. Now we will have a short, brief, and very informative president's message from our brand new, new and improved, nah, not so much improved, just brand new president, Miss Leah Gardner. Take it away, Leah. I got to say, Leah, do you I- want me to give you a couple of tips on how to give a short and brief message? Like I said, we only have an hour for this program, Gabe, right? I love you. <laughs> I love you too. <laughs> Oh, I, I got to say, um, I know that we're about a month and a half in to uh, 2023, and uh, I'd love to say welcome everybody to the new year, but it seems like everybody in my life, and <laughs> including myself, is having what uh, Generation Y and Generation Z like to call a dumpster fire type of year. It has been an incredibly rocky start. You name it. Family crises, hopeful romantic situation crises, and then people in my life, everything in between. So I hope that you listening out there, if you are having a just spectacular 2023 so far, that is fantastic. And I'm very happy for you. Um, And if you are not... (laughs) A lot of us are in it with you. I'm not sure if something contaminated the uh, water this year, but let's hope that it really, really uh, gets better for everybody. Um, We have a lot to accomplish in BPI this year. I will say the one thing that is really strong and vibrant right now is definitely BPI. And I'm very excited to uh, be at the helm of this organization and to be working with some really stellar folks on this board. I think we're going to have a really strong year. And, you know, all teasing aside, I'm walking in some in some really awesome footsteps here behind Gabe, who has put together an organization that is stronger than it has ever been since its inception. And um, I think it's going to be, for BPI, a really magical and amazing year. We have, I hope, our first really large and very exciting convention in Schaumburg, Illinois, this summer. It'll be the first time since 2019 that we've really had an impressive and robust group of people. And I'm looking forward definitely to that. In turn, we have a book share coming up. Uh, within the next few weeks, and we are full throttle into membership renewal season. So if you're listening to us and you haven't renewed your membership yet this year, please go to blindlgbtpride.org slash join. And we have a newly minted set of membership forms for you. If you haven't joined BPI before and you'd like to, please visit that website as well. Again, blindlgbtpride.org slash join. And uh, we've done a lot of work to improve the accessibility of our membership portal. So yeah, please visit and uh, either join us or rejoin us. 
I know uh, that Anthony and Bryn have a lot of questions for the rest of the board. So let's put the dumpster <laughs> fire of 2023 out and make it a great year, folks. I am so down for that. So you know what? I know that Bryn came very well prepared, but I think it is only fitting if we ask our, and this also, it engulfs my heart in both happiness and I feel the trauma in the good way of letting go. Mr. Gabriel Lopez Cafati, our immediate past president, do you have any advice to the new board members, the ones that have all shifted and aligned into what the next ideation of BPI is going to be? Well, just be yourself, be true to yourself and your principles, and love this organization because it is not just a group. It is not just an organization. It is a home for many of us, and make it your own home. Wow. I like that. All right, Brain, take it away. All right. So uh, first of all, tonight's show is about uh, our board. I want to give everyone an opportunity to meet our board. So that's what this show is all about. Uh, unfortunately, board members JD, Randy, and Vita are uh, absent tonight for various reasons. But we do have a great panel here consisting of our president, Leah Gardner, our vice president, Anthony Corona, our immediate va uh, previous president, Gabriel Lopez Cafati, our treasurer, Maria Christic, and of course, um, our secretary, Tristan Snyder. And of course, I'm here as well. I am uh, board uh, seat number two. So we're going to be swapping the microphone, the talking stick, if you will. Um, Anthony and I are going to be asking the board questions. And it's only fair because I think I deserve some hard-hitting questions as well. So <laughs> we're going to start off... Um, reaching out to Leah and then Anthony and then Gabriel with some questions. And then we've got some questions for everyone in the group. So the first thing I want to ask Leah, what are your goals for the BPI board in 2023? What would you like to see us accomplish this year? I want to see a more robust participation from our membership this year. Um, I'm hoping that we will be able to hold some events that really you know, pique the interest of more of our members. We hopefully, by the time membership season is over, will maintain about 130 members. And we don't hear on a constant basis from most of them. Um, it's a pretty small smattering of members who participate. And uh, BPI is a membership organization that runs you know, with the with the help and and with the uh, firepower of of everybody, and mm -hmm. it's a lot of work for those of us in leadership to keep all the various. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say balls in motion. <laughs> Maybe I should just say it's a lot for all of us to keep juggling all the aspects of keeping this organization running smoothly. I think for some of you, the balls are distracting. So. I agree. So I, I think definitely we need, we need some vigor from our members in terms of telling, telling all of us what you'd like, what kind of events at convention you would like, uh, what kind of 
Zoom events outside of convention you would like. Um, you know, we have the makings of a fall social in Cancun. Whoa. Yeah, yeah, we have a lot that's going on, but we we really need input from everybody. I also think this year, and I, I mentioned this a little bit earlier, this is going to be our first convention that I think is going to be really well attended um, since 2019. And, you know, that's also going to be a lot of effort to pull all of that together. I'll tell you right now, Anthony and Gabe are convention co-chairs this year, and we'd really love input from everybody in terms of, you know, what what would be fun, what would be educational, uh, what would be uh, an activity or workshop that you would enjoy. We've got some great ideas. I mean, we have skydiving in mind. Um, We have Eric Marcus who has presented on uh, the Pride Connection podcast in the past and uh, who has he found us a full body massage spot for like 35 bucks for an hour. And it is no. awesome. And it's Ooh. all above board. I promise. That's we a new one. I hadn't out. heard about that one. <laughs> <laughs> Eric Marcus should hopefully be able to join us live. You know, we have some other ideas, but in order to put all this in motion, we we want to know that members and people that are want to become members are uh, energetic about all of it. And even if you can't come to convention, we can hopefully have a few hybrid events that you could participate in. So again, I think it comes down to membership really being motivated because we we can't yeah. put together a convention without you. Not just for you, but with you. We really want increased participation. You know, and I also think this year I'd really like to see our website upgraded in a lot of ways. We're, you know, we, we've done that project with the uh, new membership portal, but it would be great to have all the episodes of Pride Connection up on the website. It'd be great to have it uh, overhauled to, to some degree to give it a, a bit of a new look and read, so to speak. So that's definitely something I'd, I would like to see happen. But, you know, all in all, I just want us to grow a, as an organization and raise the bar higher and higher in terms of what we can do and uh, what we will do. And also, I do want to mention, too, there's so many things in this world that require advocacy right now. And I know Gabe and Tristan are, are going to be, once we kind of wind up with membership season and uh, trying to get some of the main events pulled together for convention, I'm, I'm expecting there'll be a lot of great things coming out of the advocacy committee. That's awesome. Thank you, Leah. And you, you've covered so much. One of my questions for you was going to be, what keeps you up at night? when thinking about this organization, but I think we kind of heard a lot of those. (laughs) Is there anything else that particularly keeps you up at night when you worry about this organization? You know, I don't necessarily worry 
about this organization. I think we're in really phenomenal shape. And by the end of the day, I'm pretty worn out. <laughs> I bet. So you sleep pretty you good know. then. <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, I, but I, I do. I think it's, I think it's participation and I think it's vitality that I want to see increase. Gotcha. That if, if somebody in leadership maybe is struggling and and needs to be able to pass over the wheel for a little bit that we have coverage. Absolutely. As as a chair of a committee, there are times where I certainly wish that there was somebody else that could kind of help pick up the slack a little bit. And uh, I do have that in Anthony quite a bit. He's he's uh, covering for me uh, often. So thanks, Anthony. Um, <laughs> actually, I have an, a question for Anthony. Since we were talking about membership. And that is one of uh, Leah's key concerns is, is, you know, continuing to retain our members that we currently have, and then getting more members to make this a more vibrant organization. My understanding is that you are either chair or on the membership committee. Is that correct? I am a co-chair, yes. Co-chair. And who is your co-chair? Uh, Vita Zambali. All right. With a lot of input from Joe Shanley as well. Awesome. So you guys just had your first meeting tonight for that committee, right? Yes, we did. So my question for you, after you have had an opportunity to talk with your committee, is can you tell us, first of all, how can somebody become a member of BPI? And then can you talk a little bit about what it's going to be like for members to renew their membership? And what did you guys talk about this evening as far as uh, retaining and obtaining new members. As far as the membership portal, there's been a lot of discussion over the year and we fully recognize. And I think one of the things that we have to do as an organization is admit when we drop the ball. And we fully recognize that we dropped the ball. We had opportunities early in the, in the spring and summer where we could have put this into action by our relying on what we had, the service we had received in the past we gave ourselves a, a much less threshold for error than we should have. So membership season for us is starting a lot later than it should have. But the core group of BPI members know where we are, know who we are, know what we're about. They want to be a part of it. And we just kind of have to tap them on the shoulder real quick and say, hey, you know, it's membership season. Oh, yeah, bro, I'm ready. There are a couple of folks that we haven't heard from for quite some time. So we're going to reach out to them individually. And then, of course, there's the expanding and the growing. The expanding and the growing is basically our quarter two, the way we're breaking our year up. It's our quarter two focus. We want to take care of the members that we have. And if everybody can just take a moment and remember that for the two years of the pandemic, the first year, we had a full on amnesty. We didn't ask anyone to, to pay dues. We didn't ask anyone to donate anything. We just asked them to show up. For the second year of the pandemic, some people could and some people couldn't. So we just asked them, go to the website and, and if you can, support us. This year, it's sort of business back to normal. Except technology, is, as you know, and most everybody listening knows, continuously moves. You sneeze and there's a new version of what you're working with, and you might need to learn how to do something different, or the code might be different, et cetera, et cetera. So within the next couple of days, our payment portal will be up and fully functioning. 
and you'll start receiving little email um, nudges that say, hey, you know, it's, it's, it's membership season and we need you to show your support. There's going to be a couple of different emails asking for input. What are you hoping for in this hybrid world that we're in now? Um, there's going to be a convention planning meeting the, the 27th, I believe, but it'll be on our discuss list and it'll be everywhere. But I believe it's the 27th of February. And um, I am really looking forward, as Leah said before, they're skydiving. We're looking at, you know, a full body, full experience. You can do facials and foot therapy. So we're going to do a whole spa day, as well as all the traditionals, the wine tastings, the dating programs, the tech programs. Uh, Tristan, have you been thinking about what your 3D is going to sound like this year? I certainly have. And uh, it's going to be very interesting, as usual. <laughs> and of course, Eric Marcus. I, I think I know what Tristan's uh, uh, 3D audio is going to sound like. No, no, I don't want to jump out of the plane. I don't want to. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> that, that's what he's saying about our immediate past president. He says he's going ho, he's jumping out of the plane, but. I, I don't know. I think he's going to change his mind as we go 13, 15, 17, 24,000 feet. Um, yeah. Speaking of our uh, immediate past president, I do have a question for him. And then, uh, Anthony, I will pass the talking stick over to you so that you can ask some questions of Leah and Gabriel. And then I would like to ask some questions of all of the board. So we will uh, swap on that one. You know what, Brent? I'm feeling a little bit like like Tristan and Maria are the and the rest when you hit when you go to Gilligan's <laughs> Island. <laughs> you know how hard it was to get them to get the agents to get let the professor and Marianne in the next you season. Know. Otherwise, we were just the rest over <laughs> here. Rest. Yeah, thanks, Mary. I buddy old pal. love each and every one of our board members. And I appreciate all of your efforts. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. So, Gabriel, I have a question for you. What was your most favorite achievement in your time as BPI president? It is going to sound a little bit abstract, but I think my favorite achievement was to transform BPI. And I didn't do it single-handedly. It was a team effort. Uh, but I was very proud to lead uh, the transformation of BPI into what it is, an organization that is uh, strong in membership, strong in treasury, and uh, just strong in presence within our parent organization and outside our parent organization. And I think that's a transformation that happened uh, for, for many, many factors. And and I was just so happy. Uh, it was stressful during the time, but it's like a masterpiece. Once you it's done, you look back and you appreciate it. And that's that's I think my favorite part. Well, your efforts were very much appreciated, and uh, we're happy to see you on our national board representing uh, BPI and uh, LGBTQ plus members of ACB across the country and around the world. And uh, we just, you know, really appreciate your time on the board. All right. So, Anthony, do you have any questions for our um, president and immediate past president? 
that brain do I ever not have questions? So I've got a, a quick one and then a more in-depth one for our immediate past president. As most of our listeners know, we're very, very close. In fact, you know, we're, you know, consulting on a daily basis, so to speak. Earlier today, you remarked at how different it feels that, you know, all of the information for BPI is coming to you from second, like a regular member. Did you want to speak to the membership or the new board on what it, what it feels like to transition? And more importantly, that you carry BPI and, and our family in every decision you make on the national board. Well, um, yes, I, I was thinking about it and I, I, I don't have any children, but I think I'm in a position where I know what parents feel when their kids are off to college. <laughs> That's the kind of, it's, it's sometimes it is uh, nice to know that I don't have so many responsibilities or so much of a responsibility within BPI, but sometimes it does feel weird. I feel like, mm, it, you know, the organization grew up now kind of, it's not that it doesn't need me, but it's like, I'm not uh, such an essential part of the day-to-day -day running of the organization. And I miss that. I do miss that, but I, view it on a personal level as an opportunity that I have to open up space for other commitments and new things that I'm doing, like, you know, the ACB board position, several other endeavors in, in my professional life, uh, that it would have just been completely irresponsible of me to continue uh, holding the presidency of BPI while I have so many things and while, while there are so many people um, like Leah, who's a founding member, that that are capable and that love the organization as much as I do. So I, I feel like like we're co-parenting here. <laughs> so so it's just like like I like I said, like I sent I sent my kid off to college and I and I'm just trusting that what I did to raise <laughs> or my portion of raising this child is was well done and it's, it's set the foundation for for so much more growth and success. Awesome. Thank you. So my next question is for all three of us and, and I'll ask you know our new president, our current president to go first and, and I'll address it to each of us just slightly differently. For you, Leah, you've been here, I'm not trying to age you, but you've been here since the very beginning. There's been a lot of periods where BPI was relevant, uh, empowered, strong. There were a lot of periods where it was just kind of muddling along and a couple of periods where it was barely hanging on. Now that we're robust and we're at that space where we can choose whatever direction we want to go in and the outside world, or at least you know, 50% of our <laughs> brothers and sisters in this country want to change the rules up on us. What sort of advocacy measures are you hoping for for BPI in the coming year? That is a really complex question, Anthony. <laughs> um, there, well, I think there's a couple things. I, I do think, first of all, within BPI, 
I, I do believe there is still a tremendous amount of work to be done to ensure that everybody on the GLBTQ plus spectrum feels included and represented. You know, the world has changed a lot since BPI's um, affiliate charter was accepted in, in 2000 by ACB. And, you know, the colors of the rainbow have expanded greatly. You know, when, when we began, we weren't talking about the ACE community. Um, that's the asexual community or the intersexual community or a, a gender right. non-binary. You know, people who identify as gender non-binary or gender fluid or trans non-binary. So there are so many different identities that are key and critical now to building our community. And, and I just think that it is imperative that we make sure that everybody feel welcome within BPI. And I mean, I'm glad to say that we have a lot of representation on the board of directors. I mean, I think in terms of all, all the different shades of the rainbow, I think we have to aim higher as time goes on. So I think within our organization, we, we need to definitely make that commitment. You know, I think in terms of the outside world, it's, it's, it's a really tumultuous, tricky time where history can slide in many different directions. You know, we've seen a lot of change in, in 20 years. Of course, you know, in 2000, um, same-sex marriage was not legalized across the country. They uh, thought at that point it would never happen. It that's was a right. joke proposition. That's right. I don't think a lot of people in the GLBTQ plus community really thought that that would be possible. And of course, you know, in just 15 years later, um, the U.S. Supreme Court um, you know, made, made that decision that it needed to be legal, given precedents that were set in other states. You know, and, and that's huge. I think in terms of transgender protection laws, there weren't any in, in 2000. And we still have a, a very long way to go in terms of protecting transgender rights. And that progress is being um, hampered. There are many forces trying to break that progress and cripple it right now. I think that's a major point in terms of advocacy that we need to examine. There's a lot of question about what our government is going to look like over the next few years. We don't know what the next presidential election is going to bring. We have a lot of division right now within the uh, Congress. We have a very divided country, and you can see it from the, the look of the U.S. Senate as compared to the U.S. House of Representatives right now. We're probably going to be in a stalemate for the next two years in terms of anything really meaningful getting done. So there's a lot of work to be done that in two years, you know, we try to elect people that, that are going to further everything that we've been trying to build is those of you who live in Florida know you have a governor that wants to bring down woke and yep. 
you know, I think I, I almost feel like maybe mm-hmm. one of our one of our new slogans needs to be, you know, woke is here to stay. We need to further woke and we need to embrace it. And, you know, we we need to be strident about advocating for everybody in our community and making it clear that we are not going anywhere. I think on some levels, the stakes are higher now because we have a lot more to lose that we really need to protect. So thank you so much for that. I'm going to answer that question. Then I really want to throw it to Gabriel and Tristan as well. But I'll start it off by saying... I thought the woke and the woke one, I think at some point that's going to be our anthem. And I want to talk in balance to what our president just said. I hear the cry that that she's given us tonight, and, and I'm there with her. But what I think is every time we've been pushed to the edge as a country, and we've made so many, 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 many mistakes as a country all throughout the history of our country. But every time we've been pushed to the dire edge, the country steps up because it's not that party or this party. It's only in the last like two years that I fully understand this. It's all those people in the middle who just want to do what's right. They don't want to hear all the way on that side and they don't want to hear all the way on the other side. They want to know what's right for the most amount of people. And how do we make that happen? So bringing it to BPI, I'm going to play for the last couple of years. And and first off, let me say thank you for your belief in me, for letting me do this stuff. When I came as a newbie, wet behind the ears, had a lot of experience in the real world, but not in ACB or BPI. But thank you for giving me the opportunity. And I hope that I proved you all that it was a worth it proposition for you. But for the next two years, I'm not actually going to be the dreamer. I'm going to be the one behind the scenes who makes all of the processes happen so that everything that you all want to do as members, we got the finances. We have the passionate board. We have good members. So as Leah was saying earlier, we absolutely need more of you to step up and just take a little piece here and there. Every little piece helps. For the last couple of years, the five of us, and I'm not going to name each of one of us specifically, but five of us did everything for the organization and just asked you to come along and experience it and have fun with it. And I know you all did. Now we're asking you to take a little bit more, take the pieces and help us grow it, help us you know, make it happen and help it take it to the next level. So that's going to be my role. I'm still going to have ideas and I'm still going to throw them out there. But my real role is to make sure that we grow as an organization. So all that we want to do, we're able to do based upon the strength of what we have behind us. But this was an advocacy question. So Gabe and Tristan, you guys are heading up our newly revamped advocacy committee. What are your priorities for the next couple of months? Well, we actually met earlier today as well so we um this is this is something just fresh out of the oven that we haven't even put on on a document and disseminated but we're gonna talk a little bit about it and and just fyi when when 
Kristen and I are, are done talking about advocacy. If you don't have a question, I do have a question to uh, bring in Maria because we haven't heard her voice. So I do have a question for Maria. The idea, the mission that we're that we are uh, formulating for the revamped advocacy committee is, I called it battle picker, and Tristan, you called it something else. You called it calls to action. Yeah, calls to action. Thank you. And uh, so basically, I'm gonna just start off by saying that we're gonna be out there um, making sure that anything that is brought to our attention or anything that we think is something that uh, we need to advocate for is uh, channeled properly, uh, whether it be something that we can act on, uh, identify the people who can do it or who should do it. Uh, if there's no action, at least we're going to have, um, you know, uh, the information passed along to the public relations committee to make sure that we have, and we collaborate with them in um, press releases and uh, sending letters. So basically it's going to be like identifying what things out there, what, and there's a lot of them, <laughs> as we all know, uh, merit our advocacy efforts as an organization. And, and, and I will say to the membership, we want you involved. We're, uh, we're putting together something that's going to go out on the discuss list, and uh, we're going to be asking for people to join the committee. Uh, this isn't going to be, as my dearest, dearest friend in the world says, this isn't going to be a committee that sits around and thinks social action-y thoughts. This is going to be a committee that gets something done. And what I mean by that is, if there is an action to be taken, we will find the most practical way to apply our membership and our voice and our pens. And if necessary, our moment to organize a local protest, depending on the situation. This is a time when we have an opportunity to really interface with local LGBTQ plus groups in uh, local areas where the action may be needed and make positive change for our community. And in the places like Florida, where you have such incredible devolution of <laughs> the dignity for, for, for so many marginalized people in, in those places, if we can't stop it, we'll at least give them one hell of a pushback. Tristan, you and I came to advocacy in an age where we were just past the true advocacy for HIV AIDS and before anyone ever thought of advocating for gay marriage. So we were in that sweet spot where a lot had been done. The community was kind of sitting sweet. And then, bam, something ignited because we saw in the winds things were going to be taken away from us and we wanted to jump the shark, so to speak. We're kind of in that stage again. So are you feeling confident that we as an organization will have any presence that, that they'll actually pay any attention to us? So that's a good question. And I think the answers will depend greatly on the involvement of our membership. We literally cannot do this without our membership. There would be nothing without our membership because we're going to need people in the affected areas to it'll be like it'll be like a volunteer um 
emergency response team where we have somebody who's willing in that state, in that city, to reach out to the local organizations and try to organize something or get them to organize something. Or it might even be that all of our volunteers have to write physical letters or print out physical letters and, and you know, whatever it might be, whatever the action might be. Um, I have a feeling, I, I, I was telling Gabe this earlier, you know, we should never underestimate the power to shame a corporation or a, or a part of government, uh, local government anyway, not national. I, I think that's useless at this point, but our local uh, elected officials, we, we have the power to go on social media and put forth a polite request to take action. And then when that doesn't work, we have the ability to shame them online and get others to join us in shaming them, not being rude or impolite or cruel, but to, to draw public attention yes. to mm -hmm. the situation to the point where there's a pile on of other people and we force them into humiliated backtracking or, or otherwise needed uh, <laughs> responses. And we have our dollar power of our larger LGBTQ brothers and sisters who right. if Chick-fil-A type of situation comes up, if they withdraw their dollars and we withdraw our dollars, then we make some real swift action. Thank you so much, Tris. And on that note, I know that Gabriel had a question for our very competent treasurer, Maria. Thank you so much. And Gabriel, take that stick away from me. All right. So Maria, Maria, Maria. <laughs> uh, speaking of dollars, <laughs> uh, how much um, we suffered together. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's very Leah. true but in, in a gr in a good way it helped us to grow yes but my question to you is being the manager and, and, and the key holder of the account how did you feel when we moved from being an organization that was almost struggling to exist financially to an organization that is thriving and now has has a, a lot of room to breathe <laughs> that, that's a great way of putting it and thank you for asking that um we we've tackled some you you and um and Bryn and Tristan Anthony and Leah and all of you have just tackled these very important but heavy subjects so I think it's great to transition to a little bit of a more uh, relatively lighter, more uh, positive, more <laughs> optimistic tune. Gosh, you know, I was actually writing an article for the March Braille Forum recently on this topic, on my journey as treasure at the request of ACB women. So I actually was just thinking about this. And I mean, it is like night and day. I remember just coming in and you know, the, the tax exempt status was no longer there. And 
there were these expenses that no one knew anything about. And it was kind of like, whoa, what did I, what did I just walk into? <laughs> and uh, going, yes, from that to, um, I, I think, you know, just having some of the, the generous donations that we have gotten from the, the Phoenix P flag when they were dissolving and, and from Donna Ellis, our volunteer extraordinaire. I mean, it was just this buoying for me that, hey, there are these people who really believe in this organization. And so it's worth fighting for. And it's important. And I felt that before. But having that injection of infusion of <laughs> of, of cash really, uh, you know, underscored that for me and it is literally like night and day like I will still I'll have these thoughts of oh my goodness you know this membership uh form revitalization that Leah was mentioning I'll look at sometimes the funds that we've been paying our, our webmaster for his excellent services and I'll think oh my goodness that's you know a few hundred dollars what have you and then I'm like you know what it's okay like we can afford to do this and we are in a position where um you know we're just in the beginning of what we can hopefully make happen with that we're going to be discussing in the budget and finance committee how we can perhaps invest to some of these funds so that they can grow and continue to serve us into the future but you know we're just at the beginning with this website redesign and you know who knows what other areas we might be able to impact with the funds so yeah it's you know i put those combined account balances at the end and you know, being able to have that increase, you know, $20,000 <laughs> in the past uh, few years. And just seeing that number at the end makes me really happy. <laughs> I was just going to say, if I can interject as well, you know, Maria is being really humble because part of what has made this possible is every year, <laughs> Maria really keeping us on track by mm -hmm. collaborating yeah. to produce a, a budget that is balanced and conservative, but also um, flexible enough to allow us to provide the programs that we want to um, initiate yeah. every year. But I mean, Maria has really kept us from straying <laughs> in any way financially. And I mean, we have come since I, you know, ha became involved as, as vice president in, um, 2019, uh, we have maintained a balanced budget every year since that point. And we, in fact, have come in uh, with a surplus each year. Yep. And that, that's very, very much in great, great thanks to Maria really holding us to that line. Yes. And I want to add to what Leah said, not only echo, but add that in many instances, when uh, there was an idea or a proposal that someone was bringing to the table. Maria would always be there, and she still is there, <laughs> uh, playing that role. Uh, and uh, situations have changed, but she's still an excellent steward. And she has always been uh, the voice of financial reason. <laughs> and um, And she has stepped in and has put her foot down when she has said, I do not agree. Yeah. We're not, we're not able to do this right now. 
um, yeah. we cannot afford this. And, uh, you know, I, I heard uh, comments about, you know, say, saying that, um, you know, if, if I was president, how would I, you know, why, why didn't I exert that position? And, and, and if it was something that uh, should have been done differently, I always told people one of the biggest lessons that I learned when I went uh, through my MBA program was being a good manager is actually having the people who are in their role of expertise take control over that area. Maria, as treasurer, uh, she's there to take care of the finances. She does a whole bunch of other things like the website renewal and maintenance, our listservs, et cetera. But, but that's the thing. I, I always said, no, I'm, I am not going to have someone in a position to then uh, overrule them when they are the experts. Yeah. And and uh, to that point also, I just, uh, to your point about Maria wearing a, uh, a several other hats, I would I would like to just point out that Maria's there when when we have forms that are often rather complicated and Maria makes makes it easy to understand and makes sense of it, brings it to the board and says, this is what's in summary, you know, this is what's going on. And she just she just knows how to get it done. Let me say, too, that the the work that she's been doing on the web on the website is, uh, you know, in Mm -hmm. collaboration with our with our webmaster is going to it's like she's the plastic surgeon and she's giving the whole organization a facelift you know it's just marvelous oh i'm blushing over here you all are too kind Uh, i i i uh just have to say this is uh such a great team to work with and it really does take all of us you know I feel like I'm this you know just kind of behind the scenes and I'm you know happy to be doing things but you know you all are so much more the the face and, and coming up with all the good ideas and um, I, I really appreciate Gabe what you had said about that with the the MBA um, yeah I remember that in my strategy class too about you yes, know, delegate is, it yes. to the people who know that's delegate right. it to the people who know how yeah. to do it who know what they're doing and yeah. To yeah. who will who will defend their portion of the pie, <laughs> and your portion of the pie is finances, and and you and you are working now in in, in web development for us with 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 two geniuses in the tech world as as our webmaster and our board member John Denning JD, who has decades of solid history. So you you are up there. <laughs> playing with the big children. <laughs> yeah, they are the big children. And, you know, and let me just say for anyone out there who's um, listening to this, something that I've learned, and I, I wrote this in my article too, is that uh, others have talked about membership participation. You know, if you're kind of on the fence, this is such a safe way through ACB and affiliates to learn transferable skills that can help you if you're, say, searching for employment or that Mm -hmm. you never even know how they could help you in your job, whether it's getting a reference from someone here in BPI from something that you've done, or you just never know how you might use the skills. You know, I, when I first came to the treasurer role and I had to help reinstate. uh, uh, Well, I didn't reinstate it. I don't have that power. That's above my pay grade. I had to uh, apply (laughs) uh, for the 
reinstatement of BPI's tax-exempt status. And lo and behold, a couple of years uh, after that, a situation came up at work. And one of my coworkers was like, hey, by any chance, do you know how an organization would go about reinstating its tax-exempt status? I was like, as a matter of fact, I do. (laughs) <laughs> so uh, um you really just never know and it's a I, I mean I've learned so much I didn't know anything about you know WordPress and um you know website I'd, I'd studied some computer science but I hadn't done any kind of website development hadn't ever worked with WordPress and so I mean I've really I feel like I have expanded my knowledge it's been this you know symbiotic relationship I've you know, I've been able to contribute some skills and I've learned a lot too. So I really just want to encourage anyone who has a passion for the organization and thinks they have some skills that they can contribute. It's it's really a two-way street and um, it's really a great way where you can learn a lot of- All right, Maria, I am going to jump right there and say she is absolutely right. Sometimes you can volunteer an hour a week. Sometimes you can volunteer 10 hours a week. Sometimes you can go all in and say, wherever you need me, I'm ready to be there. But honestly, this is the year that we actually need our membership to step up and give us some of those hours. But Maria, I'm going to throw just another couple of accolades on you because I remember when Gabriel, Leah, and myself sat around after we got that, you know, PFLAG infusion of what, oh my God such a donation and and donna and all of our PFLAG arizona people but um you gave us an overview of what we'd be looking for et cetera, et cetera. and then you very humbly said but i don't want you to take it from me let's talk to other people etc cetera, etc cetera. and then we met with with our current treasurer david you know parent organization david trod and he basically said all the same things that you said so now we have this, this money that's sitting there waiting to be invested and this lucrative opportunity with Chainsaw Productions. Can you just give us a few sentences on where our investment financial stuff is going to go this year? So right now, we it's definitely something that we're going to be uh, looking into more. Our first step is that we really want to connect with a broker and have a conversation with a professional financial manager about the type of strategy that we're looking at with those funds in terms of how often do we see ourselves withdrawing them? Do we have you know multiple tiers, certain funds that we want to be more liquid, more easily withdrawn than others, and to really help formulate that strategy. Uh, I've been uh, fortunate since I'm treasurer for another affiliate in ACB that has a relationship with a broker already. I do intend to connect with them. And I've learned from another of ACB affiliates what broker they are working with. And so we have a couple of places to start to really uh, begin that research and to begin having those conversations to make sure that it is as well managed as it can be. Because you know, we don't want it tied to say one of us, right? This is supposed to survive us and be, Absolutely. you know, very long-term matter. So regardless yeah. of who is administering it, we want to make sure that it is prudently managed. And so uh, I am and growing. Absolutely. Yeah. And so uh, I'm looking forward to, as I 
meet with our lovely, fabulous budget and finance committee and um, really start to kind of formulate that research of who are we going to contact and what we envision very broadly, right, for these funds, what types of programs that we can start to have those conversations so we can find, you know, a broker that's a best fit for us and um, to really optimize that strategy to maximize those funds. Well, I think Bryn would agree with me. It is only fair to ask you, our treasurer, for the last five and growing years, do you have any questions for any of the officers tonight that you'd like to ask? Oh, (laughs) well, what has surprised you the most in terms of your time in leadership? What aspect of BPI or what aspect of leadership did you, you know, not expect to be the way it was? And what what is really surprised or or challenged you? I would love to answer that question. So um, this board is so incredibly good at coming together and making a plan happen when it needs to immediately. When we are up against the wall, and we're scrambling. And that's one of the things that that as the chair of Pride Connection, I'm vowing to do less of is scrambling. But when it happens, and we have to, this board really just hops to it. Um, When I asked about a whole board, you know, like, let's meet the board uh, podcast. So many of you were just ready to go right away. And uh, we're ready to record on the night that I suggested. And that's that's surprising. Because Sometimes there are too many chefs in the kitchen or too many moving parts or whatever, and people just never uh, kind of coalesce and make things happen. And this is something that this board is so good at. Thank you so much for everyone who was able to be here and answer questions. Uh, I really appreciate you taking the time out. We'll definitely have to do maybe a uh, just a fireside chat with the board again sometime down the road because I think we have so many more things like I have a lot of questions yet that I didn't get to ask so I'll save those for next time but until next time we'll see you all uh, in two weeks until then goodbye 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 you've been listening to pride connection sponsored by blind pride international a special interest affiliate of the American Council of the Blind please check us out at blind lgbtpride.org Tree.